0: Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jacob Rame and Chris Gehring. It is NCAA Championship Monday, an off day in the NBA, uh, as we're going to discuss John Wall's return to the Wizards on Saturday, uh, the current playoff picture, and really just what to expect these last couple weeks. Uh, But first, before we get to that, uh, we have an announcement that our second live recording of off the bench over at Crimson DC at the pod DC hotel. Uh, As you know, we had Jason Smith there a few weeks back. Our second one is going to be with Dave Johnson of the hashtag radio party, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Washington wizards. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be April 9th, 6 PM over at Crimson. Uh, All the information's up on our social media. Uh, We do recommend that you RSVP in advance because well, we know you'll be coming, but also if you RSVP, you get a free appetizer with the purchase of a drink. So, a little extra F and B in- incentive there for you all. Uh, but we're looking and forward the food, to that. The
1: food there is the delicious. Food is really uh, food, good.
0: Whiskey's very good, and I must say. Uh, so, we'll we'll continue to to plug that later in the week. But just wanted to get that out uh, for everybody before we get to today's podcast. So, guys, a kind of a mixed emotions week this past week. Two and two. Uh, at ho- the Wizards took care of business at home. We can start there. Uh, San Antonio was a great win. Then they went to Detroit. Not a great game. But John Wall returned Saturday, which was awesome in many aspects. We
1: got two big wins but couldn't follow either of them up with a win in the game right after. But I think that the goodwill of John coming back and how good the offense looked with John at the helm. He had 15 points and 14 assists. I think that's going to go a long way. He didn't play Sunday. let down game. Day game after a day game and a back to back. No team's going to look yeah. that good in the NBA. Um, but
2: it was one of the weirder schedule quirks of our schedule this year, and we've had some some interesting ones. But that was just an interesting. I don't know, and it it may seem like a bad time to come out flat in that Chicago game, just because of how tight the East is and how. I can't believe it but we're 5 games away from the regular season being over. It is wild that we've played but, 77 games. I
1: look at this schedule and I can't believe we've made it all the way through it. Yeah, but there's still I mean
2: there's still a lot of room to move actually in b- both up and down, which is something to you know they, that the Wizards are going to have to have in mind, especially with a couple of tough games coming up this week that we'll get to in a second, but I thought that that John Wall coming back and you can in case anybody forgot, and it's been 30 games, so it's easy to, to have it out of mind, but the respect and the attention that he commands on the offensive end is, I mean, it's so important If we when we're talking about playoffs and beyond for Brad and Otto, both of whom looked really good with John back on the floor, and it just takes so much pressure off those two and allows them to be scorers and be off the ball. and. The, just the ability that John has as a passer, um, I, th- I thought that he'll still get into a rhythm offensively himself, but as a passer, he was as good as he's been you know, his whole career on Saturday, and that was really fun to watch. I think once he gets more comfortable and plays more games, I think we'll see him attack the basket a little more, although he, he did that a couple times, too, and is still impressively impressively quick, and I thought that... Him coming off this break, he was—he looked impressive. He looked ready, and I—I th- I thought he looked hungry to be back out there, which is
1: really, really exciting to see at this point in the year. I'll be curious to see. Um, you know, people are talking about, you know, oh, we want to get this seed to face this team or this seed to face this team, but the fact is that nothing is set in stone. The Celtics could still get the one over the Raptors. I think they're two back right now, and three through five is a one-game split between. Cleveland, Philly, and Indiana. So, I mean, I just don't. I think you just. My personal theory is you just want to go out there and play as well as you can. Get some guys some rest, Can have as much momentum as you can heading to the playoffs and let the chips fall as they may. Um, and the Wizards, ra-
0: the Wizards of course, clinched a playoff berth. I mean, we didn't mention that, but I think everyone knows that by now. Yeah. So, they know they're going to be in the playoffs.
2: Every oh. team too is going to is, is going to be fighting to the finish too. So it's going to be interesting you know there's there's reason for Boston to really play hard these last couple games there's reason for Toronto obviously Cleveland is Cleveland really wants to keep that spot at 3 and so we'll see them on Thursday this week and it'll it's just going to be it's going to be a photo finish and it, you know 3 through well not not necessarily 3 but 5 through 8 6 through 8 more like is is up for grabs and there's a lot of room to move and it's just going to be yeah, it's going to be an exciting last couple of weeks. It's going to be important for the Wizards because working John back into this rotation. And the other point that I wanted to make sure that we got to on Saturday is how, is how Coach Brooks staggered John and Brad a little bit. I thought that was really interesting with the advent of Thomas Saranski being able to take a, a, a good portion of the minutes and then believing clearly that he could play playoff minutes. Um, how he's staggered for the rest of the year when John is playing. Obviously, a couple more back-to-backs in the in the rest of the season, so we'll see how many times we see John. But um, I thought that's just an interesting storyline to follow just because we've talked about staggering John and Brad a lot, and there's been a lot of people who have been, <laughs> have been clamoring for that and talking at length about it. I think with Sato being super versatile and being long and being able to play both kind – of, Pretty much both positions, and I think being able to play with John, I think that's really, really, really important to watch as we go forward.
0: Yeah, we got to look at probably what the the playoff rotation may look like. Mm -hmm. Saturday's game, which uh, included the five starters: Saturansky, Ubre, Mike Scott, and Mahinmi. So. Is that going to be the playoff rotation? I mean, if we had to venture to guess, yes, probably yeah. nine guys. You, you'll see Satoransky and Ubre kind of fill in maybe when Wall and Beal go out um, because those guys can play multiple positions. You saw Otto Porter play with the bench as well to start the second and fourth quarters, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's hard to know. I mean, Ramon Session is a veteran. Jason Smith, veteran. Tim Frazier's been in this league. I mean, there are guys that can play. Jody Meeks, another veteran. I mean, jo-
1: Jody Meeks is going to get his playoff minutes at some point. I suspect we're, we might we're going to need his shooting. I think, and I
2: think he's gotten some confidence back too. He's, he's been
1: shooting the ball really he's well. He's been shooting the ball well ever since the moment gotten, in Boston, really.
2: Yeah, and so I think he has some value in the playoffs as well. But it is going to be interesting. I mean, as we know and as we've talked about, playoff rotation shrink. Um, as things get magnified, as games go on, especially when you get deep into series, as we've heard, heard coaches and players talk about how when you get deep into series, both teams know everything, and so you you need your guy, you need your best guys out there all the time to have the chance to execute the best. And so um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think they're gonna get a couple of good opportunities to really test that when we see Houston, Cleveland, Boston against three teams where we'll see how. We'll see how Houston plays on their own floor. They've already locked up the one seed in the West, but um, good tests coming up, and I and I think that that's important as Coach Brooks tries to figure out now that he's got everybody healthy for the most part, as healthy as they're going to be, um, where he's going to be in a couple weeks here when we start the playoffs. Of,
0: of note as well, the tiebreaker situation, I think a lot of people are curious about that 6-8. So the Wizards, uh, with the heat, if they would finish – the same record at the end of the season. The Heat uh, and Wizards split this year, 2-2, but whoever has the better division record will then win the tiebreaker and the division, which is of note. Right now the Heat have a one-game advantage in that. Each team still has a, I think, We let's have see. two. The Wizards have two. I think the Heat have two or three. I think it's two. Uh, and then Milwaukee also split with the Wizards, but the Wizards' conference record will more likely than not end up. It's about a two-and-a-half game advantage right now. Uh, will be the advantage. So the Wizards would have the tiebreaker there. Um, And then, uh, so the Wizards also with Cleveland, you have to see if that season series gets tied up. I don't think those teams, I mean, it's the Wizards have to win out. The Cavs have to lose out. Uh, The Sixers uh, and Pacers, kind of the same situation. It's not looking likely enough to look at a tiebreaking situation. But with Cleveland, Philly, and Indiana, you have to look at that as well. So Cleveland and Philly play – before the season ends, which is huge. Cleveland plays Toronto, Washington, and Philadelphia in yeah. one week this coming week. So yeah. those are big games for, for seeding. Uh, and in Toronto and Boston, of course, are dueling out. They still have one more game left between them. So that can be a two-game two, two game s- uh, swing in theory. Yeah. Uh, the Charlotte Horns have been eliminated. The Pistons are still alive. They technically, w- but technically, it does not look good. They need to win four of their last five, and, and get a lot of help. Get a lot of help. Okay. Uh, but they're going to keep fighting. I mean, they showed that in the game on Thursday that they're they're <laughs> they not won giving five up. In a row. Yeah, they're they not won giving up. And Blake yep. Griffin's hasn't hasn't been healthy, and they're still winning. So props to them for continuing to go. Uh, I was gonna one thing I was gonna bring up about John Wall is that we talk about yeah he looked great. The passing especially was awesome. Yeah. What about his defense, guys? I mean, I don't know how hard Kemba Walker was going in that game. and Nothing to take away from him, but he only took one shot in the first half. But that has a lot to do with how much effort John was giving on him. Walker finished 3 of 9 from the field with like four turnovers in the game, only a few assists. And it seemed like John's defensive intensity, especially one-on-one, was I think, really I think. John,
1: I think John feels like he has a lot to prove right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and a lot of, as we all know at this level, a lot of defense is effort. And when John you know commits to playing defense he is he's as good an on the ball defender thanks to his quickness as anybody at the point guard position and um and yeah I mean I think something can be said for the fact that um Kemba's had an extreme Kemba personally has been fabulous and on his team he's had a very frustrating season um and he just uh you know made a little bit of history becoming the Hornets all-time leading scorer big shout out to Kemba Mm. and um but it's questionable, you know, how much he was ready to play in that one. But still, when you lock down a guy like Kemba, you lock down a guy like Kemba, and that's that was good to see. I think that's something that
2: that certainly benefits John in that he he pays attention and he hears what people say, and I I think that when he takes those challenges personally, we see a different side of him on the floor, and I think that usually that's a good thing. I think certainly on the defensive end. That's what we're seeing, and hopefully it's what we will see. I think he's seen the the impact that defense can have for this team is so huge, and he knows when he can get out in transition. I hope that he's feeling as as close to 100 as he can right now. When he gets out in transition, he knows how dangerous he can be, and I think playing obviously playing defense is something that can jumpstart that and can really unlock a, a big big advantage for this team in the playoffs. And and in the to finish the regular season. And so Yeah, I, I it was really good to see he's so physically gifted as a point guard and when he puts in that effort defensively, it's really, really hard. It's hard to play the Wizards and when you add guys like we've talked about Otto's length being valuable defensively. Keith's tenacity, I think we saw a little bit on Saturday as well, before he had to leave the game. But um We've got guys that when they put when they put a ton of effort in collectively, they're they're a tough team to score on, and they can really make a difference and and make some um, turn some things into some advantages for them defensively.
0: I will add also that I think Gortat has been playing a lot better lately. I think he's had a lot of really tough matchups with
2: Howard Aldridge
0: twice in the yep. past week. Andre Drummond, you know, I think you, a lot of people give him a, a hard time, but. Come playoff time, you need him and Mahinmi's bodies. So, yeah, that, I mean, it's sure. going to be interesting to see how they're used. But I think Gortat. It a
1: lot on the matchups. I mean, I think that if you face, uh, you know, um, the Sixers, uh, obviously, you know, you, I'm assuming he's healthy, and I think we all assume he's going to give it a go. Um, you have him being the Celtics. You have some thick guys and guys like Horford, Monroe. Tice, Baines. Tice out for the Tice's year. Tice is out, Tice's out yeah. for the year. That's true. But so Monroe, and Monroe, nice. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, uh, Cleveland, Thompson, Thompson, Love. So I mean, yeah. I think the there are a lot of good bigs to compete yeah, with. But you'll see that Morris will play a lot of
0: five in the playoffs. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we, the other thing that we saw, and Chris alluded to it earlier, was the attention that came to John. <laughs> it was like Keith was wide open for so many shots. Yeah. Otto had so many open threes. Even Brad, I mean. Instead yeah. of being double-teamed and getting all this attention, you can set a screen with for him, and then he's got this wide-open shot. Gortat had nine screen assists in that game. I think six of them came on Brad's threes. I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing, the yeah. attention that changes. And so then if you take out a screener and put in a shooter in that situation or put in Satorancey who can slash and shoot, mm-hmm. it's just the attention is just way different. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, again. So Tuesday, the, the Rockets, who have 60 plus wins they've locked up the one seed they actually lost a game to the spurs on sunday got kicked pretty bad in the fourth quarter yeah i just you just wonder what they're what they're trying to do at this point chris paul i think is already gonna sit out the rest of the regular season you might want to do the same with harden but this is still like a kind of a statement game for the wizards in terms of if they could sweep the series with the rockets that says a lot about the team just it really depends who's out there And as I was saying before the podcast, the Rockets don't have a ton of young guys. Mm -hmm. So it's really, for some of these playoff teams, it's like, let's give experience to younger guys while we rest others. But the Rockets are a lot different. So I'm not sure what to expect uh, personnel-wise, but I I think the Wizards will give it a full go. Um, Mm -hmm. Thursday in Cleveland, I'm sure we'll podcast before that. Yeah, Oh, yeah. The Cavs have a lot to play for still, as obviously the Wizards do. Um, but beating K- Cleveland, and if you look at the standings, if you're like, okay, we don't want to play Cleveland in the first round, you win this game, you give Cleveland a huge setback. Yeah. Because Philly has a pretty cupcake schedule down the stretch. Indiana's isn't as bad once they return from out west. And uh, Cleveland with Toronto, Washington, Philly, those are some big stretches. Um, so It's going to be a good week of basketball, guys. I mean, yeah. Tuesday night I think I just saw somewhere that there's like four marquee games.
2: Yeah. So, And if you look at it from the standpoint of the fact that the Wizards right now are four games back of the fifth seed, Indiana, if they beat Cleveland Thursday and they deal Cleveland that setback, that gives a chance for Philly to jump. And for people who are saying, oh, well, we don't want to play Cleveland in the first round, that's fair. LeBron is pretty good in the first round. But if you beat Cleveland, you give Philly a chance to take that third seed. And I know that Philly is, I mean, probably the hottest team in the NBA as far as streaks go. Yeah but if you take their youth into account maybe if you want to play them instead it's a big chance and and so for the for the crowd that's out there saying oh we don't want to win too many games because we want to stay at six or fall to seven to avoid cleveland the other way you can do that is win games and play well um and with that game against cleveland being big and cleveland's gonna have a lot of big games coming up including that one against the sixers that you mentioned zach so um, I think it's on a back to back too. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of movement that's still possible, and I agree with Jacob in that you you still want to play your best basketball, and the Wizards stand to benefit from playing their best basketball. Still, I think that, that you want momentum. They, yeah, yeah. They. Uh, I mean, both logistically and from the standpoint of you, just want to be confident in yourself going into the playoffs. I think that John and Brad. As the core and as the leaders, they know how well they can play in the playoffs. They know that they can rise to the occasion, and so I think that they want—they just want to be playing well. You're I think they would tell you that, and we've—they've proven it. They've proven that they can play well in the playoffs against anybody, against Toronto, against you know Boston. They took them to the wire with some tough road games. All that experience being in their past now, I think that's really important. And I think, so.
1: I think when you're a team like the Houston Rockets, I mean, talking about tomorrow night's game, that has accomplished everything this regular season you could want to mm-hmm. and they are there's no doubt that going into game one of the postseason against whoever it may be and we had, we haven't really touched the Western Conference but that's going to be an interesting finish down oh, at yeah. the bottom of that conference and um you I don't I don't I don't think that what they do over their final five games matters to them I no. think the James Harden Chris Paul, Ariza, Capel. Those guys are gonna be those guys are ready for the postseason. They don't they know what they're ready to do. I don't think this Wizards team has a... Co- I think that we can all agree. There's no way this Wizards team going into the season thought they were gonna be in the sixth through eight spot like they are right now. they've not accomplished all that they've wanted to this regular season. And that's why for a team like the Wizards, I think confidence and momentum is big going into a first round playoff series whereas a team like the rockets who may sit everybody tomorrow for all we know you know that team that team doesn't need any more motivation and confidence yeah. and they're they're ready to roll especially when as we've mentioned before John Wall missed 30 games
2: i mean it's one thing when you when you miss a you know a small chunk of the season you miss 5 to 10 games here and there or scattered but the wizards have been without John Wall for a long time and it would it would do them I think a disservice if they tried to jockey for position and didn't try to just figure it out with him in the lineup with him back and develop as good of a chemistry, as good of a rhythm as they can going into it. And the other note on the Western conference, by the way, while we, while we're there, just a quick note. I mean, it is going to be a very, it's going to be a photo finish four through 10, basically four games separate seeds, four through 10 (laughs) in the West. And so, I don't envision, you know, the Clippers being the, – but the Clippers are only two games out of the eighth seed, and they're in the 10th spot right now. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the bottom of that conference shakes out and some good games to watch down the stretch. Yeah, what a
1: win be. for the Nuggets last night, man. Yeah, that Big was a win. meltdown.
0: Yeah, and then the Nuggets almost gave it back. Yeah. I mean, Jabari had a chance to tie it at the end of the first OT. But anyway, I was going to say that it's interesting looking at the Cleveland-Philly – and you can throw Indiana in there, but I'm going to focus on Cleveland, Philly. Is that they are such opposite teams? Like, yes. Philly loves going to the rim and has an elite center, yeah, an elite, elite center, and really like thrives off their defense. Basically, with a lot of length defensively, they have a rookie and all this youth, and maybe you throw J.J. Redick, Amir Johnson. they got a few vets. Mm-hmm. Ersan, a few vets there. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Cleveland, which is a team full of veterans uh, that is completely new. They really haven't played together too much this year. They don't really have a huge inside presence. They thrive off perimeter offense. Their defense isn't great. So for the Wizards, you also have to look at that, is what kind of team do you want to match up against But, you know, LeBron is the difference, and he's a huge difference. You might call him an X-factor. Yeah. Yeah. But I think at the same time, preparing also for that, given you get, what, a three-day heads-up before the playoffs start, will be interesting to see. And, I mean, I know scouting has already begun for the playoffs. It probably began weeks ago. Yeah, So it's just interesting to look at that. Um, But the Wizards will get a really good look at Cleveland if they could win twice in the regular season in their building, that builds so much confidence. Doing that playoffs is a different animal, but just if we ha- if it does end up to play Cleveland, it doesn't hurt to know that you won twice in their building this mm-hmm. year. So yeah, for sure, for sure, it does
1: hurt to know that you're going to play LeBron James a little bit.
0: Yeah. But I think and well, I'd say Embiid's health is probably the real X factor. Yeah. Going into who's gonna get that because it's gonna impact how Philly plays down the stretch and in that game against Cleveland as well. Kevin loves health too. I mean, the guy just can't catch a break. No, but I think he'll be okay for the
1: playoffs. Um, so if yeah, Kevin Love and and B guard each other at some point in the postseason, they can just make an agreement. Yeah, you know, no, that's right. no touching the face. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: a lot of facial injuries
1: going on <laughs> this year in general. It's been it's been very odd. Love yeah, is, Love is healthy now. And yeah, yep. he. Uh, he had a 13-13 game on uh in limited minutes? On Sunday. Okay. He played 36 minutes on Sunday. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Well, guys, before we end this pod, we know who Jeremy's rooting for tonight in the National Championship. Hit us with your picks and uh, key, one key to the game.
1: So, I'll, I'll start. And, um, and look, I think that we know that Villanova's a big favorite, but... Um, I and yeah if i if you had to say, if you had to say Jacob like who's going to win this game like Villanova is probably the better team but i think that you know a lot of emphasis is being placed on the fact that Villanova played their best game of the season in that final four game but prior to that Villanova wasn't shooting the ball all that well they had some clunkers and yeah they got by with their talent and playing good defense but this Michigan team is really long they disrupt shooters um, this is not I think that Villanova is probably going to win, but I do not think it is going to be the cakewalk that a lot of people are expecting.
2: Yeah, I picked I picked Villanova at the outset of the tournament, so I'll I'll stick with that. But I, w- I will say Michigan is, is playing inspired basketball. They have risen to the occasion multiple times in this tournament. I think as a whole, I think their team, their best basketball is ahead of them. They have a lot of young guys that are going to make that program good for a, a, a decent amount of time. Um, Villanova. I mean, if Villanova shoots the ball anywhere near the way they did in that final oh, four it's game, over. it's I mean, over. They're win every It game doesn't matter who you, you play. play. Yeah. yeah, they could beat an NBA matter. team shooting like that. Um, but so I'll I'll pick Villanova. I know that the that's Bulls not did. trendy, <laughs> but uh, good luck to Jeremy. Jer- where the team is in Houston, so Jeremy has a chance to get down there and go see Michigan in the title game. That's exciting. So. We'll get a full uh, update from yeah. Jeremy we'll, we'll when he's back in the <laughs> office. We'll get an update from him. He'll get to be there tonight, which is really awesome. And Yeah. Yeah. But I, the pick's Villanova. Yeah, I opinion. picked Villanova. I like sticking with
0: my guns. My gut from the beginning of the tournament when I saw the brackets was Villanova. I just think even if they don't shoot great, they have enough guys to get to the rim and disrupt uh, Michigan who really, you know, they played great against Texas A&M who has two really good Uh, guys who can get to the rim Mm -hmm. but i think villanova is just a different animal a&m is super inconsistent villanova has been basically the most consistent team all season they have seven guys who can score double digits it's it's a team that's been here before i i just think that they're going to be able to get over more humps than michigan can because they have more scorers yeah um but defensively michigan will slow this game down it's going to be close
1: and really
0: it, it, they're both great coaches too I, I was mean just, it's gonna just, say, we'll just say
1: that the kansas Villanova game was the you know as I watch a lot more NBA than I do college and the kansas Villanova game had the pace and the style of an NBA game and that was really fun to watch even though it was all Villanova but um, that both teams went down the floor played quick shot the ball well it was it was a really fun game I
0: think Villanova will try to do that again but say, it'll know. be tough I mean you have to make your. You have to get it off misses by Michigan, which there'll probably be a lot of them because they're not a great offensive juggernaut. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it really, we
2: say this all the time, but whoever can dictate the pace of the game will probably win. Yeah, Michigan has been a team in the past where, under John line they have, they have focused on offense. They have shot the ball. They have t- taken volume shots. They are a much better defensive team than they have been in the past. It'll be interesting to see if they can this slow it down. Be the best Villanova defensive is a team that
1: Villanova has arguably seen all yeah, season. And,
2: but Villanova is a high, they are high octane offense, and they can come at you from a lot of different areas. Everybody on the floor can shoot the ball. And so, yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a contrast in style, which is always makes for a fun, fun game. And of course, with college basketball being, you know, it's a shorter game, it's a final, it's going to be exciting. And so, and we'll I see think, what happens. I think we can all agree that. Arguably the best two teams on each side
0: of the of the bracket came out. I mean, you look back at who – I mean, Virginia regular season-wise, sure. I'd say maybe you throw Virginia in there over Michigan, but yep. that – Yeah, Michigan the, hasn't lost in a long time. Yeah, the left side of that bracket didn't end up being as strong as people maybe thought it was, and Michigan stood out. So it, it's going to be a nice battle. And I always say in college basketball, watch the free throws and the guys and the stripes. <laughs> yep. So it'll be interesting. Uh, but that'll do it for us today. Again, no NBA action tonight. Uh but we look enjoy forward to the championship. To th- yeah, enjoy the championship. We look forward to talking to you later in the week. Uh, ciao for now, whiz kids.